and was checked. The puck sat there for a moment. Now York is shot. Score! Ken York's first in the natural, and it's 2-1 Philadelphia. This is episode 84 of the Liberty Yell. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumpo. As always, how are you, buddy? Terrible. Awful. Sean Couturier appears to be out for six to eight weeks, which we know isn't six to eight weeks. Yeah. Seen that before. I feel like any Philadelphia team, someone gets hurt, it's six to eight weeks when they're when they're about to be out for a long time. Or or the the typical quote unquote week to week that we heard with oh, Ryan man. Ellis and still have not seen the dude's face since then. Yeah, right. I forgot all about that. Ryan Ellis went from week to week. To like day to day, they were like shifted his status left and right just to just to shut him down. Every day was yeah, a I forgot, different. I forgot all about that. Every, they did lead us on with that. They did hundred percent. Every day was a different term. It was week to week, day to day, like you said. And then he came back for that one game. Actually, had an assist on the first goal, and then have not seen him since. Uh, Sandheim was asked in his presser, have you talked to Ellis at all about his health? And Sandheim was like, I have not spoken to him at all. So, I mean, that's nice. It's nice to hear that teammates just, like, don't talk, especially defensive teammates. Um, but not that we they were play t- together, but what are you going to We say? were talking about this yesterday, about how Torts just acknowledges the room is shattered immediately. Like, like the guy doesn't even step foot in the facility. Actually, he steps foot in the facility one time, and, he's, and he just acknowledges, yo, the, the locker room needs work. Yeah, like like he's. I mean, obviously, that. thanks. He sees that from afar that it's just fractured. Yeah. So no let's, accountability. So the whole Couturier thing. Apparently, he was working with the Flyers' athletic trainer when it happened. Herniated disc in his back. Like we said, Flyers said one week to week. Which I mean, I don't trust anything that comes out of this organization's mouth. So. I guess it's a wait and see game at this point because anytime they do update us on something, I don't believe them. I don't know how you can, especially the way last year went with all those injuries. I mean, you had Broussard, you had Hayes. How many times did Hayes come back? He had two surgeries that didn't even work. Yeah, and the worst part was all these guys came back, and we we said it like the game they came back. We were like, "Yo, they might not be ready," and then we, they would hurt again. Yeah, it was a constant back and forth with all those players. Broussard, Hayes. It even happened with Faraby. I mean, he, he even kind of came back a little bit too early with that shoulder injury and then went out again. Remember, like, I think it was like a game or two, maybe a game. But, I mean, it's a constant cycle over and over again. And, I mean, we already have guys going down. Can't didn't even get started. I mean, when you had Brink in the offseason, you had Ferryby get hurt in the offseason working out. And then you have Kateria getting getting hurt before tra- uh, camp started working out. I mean, he was working out with our athletic trainer. So, I mean, you can't get any closer to the, the facility – and what they offer, uh, training wise, I guess, and he gets hurt. So I mean, it's just extremely bad luck that the Flyers have run into. That's a, that's another thing that I wanted to get into because I mean, we could talk about how how Chuck's been awful and and yeah, grinding he has been. He's been absolutely terrible for the last year, two years. Um, but I mean, the, the luck that this organization's gone through, Danny. I mean, it, it almost—it's it's almost comical at this point. I mean, we were talking about it before we hit record. I mean, it's comical at this point. It really is. I mean, it's, it's like just the like, longest bad luck streak ever. You're honestly. waiting for the next shoe to drop. I mean, who's going down? I mean, you said it next. I'm waiting for the Wade Allison notification. I mean, 
I mean, it, 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 it's ridiculous, man. I mean, I feel like I'm just walking on eggshells at this point. I'm just waiting for another player to get hurt before even camp even begins. And camp begins tomorrow. So it's just had to be Coots and Farabee too, you know. Like the the two guys that like you look at, especially going into this year with this lineup, top six players, of course. Like you look at to be huge contributors to the team. Mm-hmm. And Farabee might be here game one, but I still have concerns about how he's gonna look. I mean, consistency's already been an issue with him, and now coming off of this injury, I don't know how long it's gonna take him to get back into the swing of things. But of course, it just had to be Farabee. It had to be Couturier. It couldn't have been. And I'm not trying to like wish injury upon someone else, but like just just for the sake of luck, it couldn't have been like a fourth liner who got who like got injured at camp. Of course, no. It's it's the number one C Selkie winner, can, uh, captain candidate guy we were leaning on going into this season. Guy who I was excited to watch at 100 percent because it's been a while, and um, it really blows. Yeah, it's a real quick just to go off of what you said about the whole Joel could be back early thing. Sam Carcitti did report that. He's skating and progressing well. Um, if he's not ready for the opener, he should be in the lineup very early in the season, he was told. So, I mean, in the midst of all this bad news, Kateria getting hurt, all this, it's good news. I mean, it's definitely good to hear that he could be back. I'm a little weary about him coming back a little bit too early, given the kind of surgery that he just got. But, I mean, we just talked about the medical concerns and how players came back early last year and – immediately left the ice. Um, so I'm a little bit <laughs> a little bit scared, I can't lie. But I mean I mean all in all that is good to hear that he's uh already skating and he's progressing well. I mean I do follow him on Instagram and he has been at, at Philly's games, at concerts. So it's good to know that he can be out there doing doing things. As as terrible as it is hearing this news and knowing that Couturier is not gonna be in for the first couple months of the season, there's a part of me that's a little relieved to just have the band-aid ripped off like there was no reason to have any hope going into this year but as the diehard fan that i am of course there's little slivers i hang on to like whoa what if everything just goes perfect and coots and frost are on battling together night in night out frost takes the next step york takes the next step hearts a star like these things always even though they were slim chances these things always popped in my head and now with this news it's just kind of like with every news that we've been getting this offseason, it just kind of cements, like, nope, you should have no hope. You should have no hope. Go into this with no expectations. Yeah, I mean, it's been the the little sliver of hope that I had personally going into the season was Couturier and banking on him getting back healthy. But, I mean, when your roster is all the way to the cap ceiling and you're banking on a guy who has been injured the last three years, I mean, let's be serious. Let's, let's sit down here and talk. Couturier has not been able to stay healthy for the last three years. I mean, he had that weird injury against Buffalo in that shortened season where he got hurt, I think, game two. And then Frost came in and replaced him and then got hurt his second game. Uh, last year he got hurt, obviously. He was out for and, a very and long time. he's playing hurt since October. Like, that's something we got to keep, keep in account as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, he missed games like Christmas onward, but before then he was visibly hurt. Oh, definitely. I mean, we talked about that in previous pods. I mean, he was very visibly still still hurt, still dealing with something, and then finally he just couldn't take it and had to leave the had to leave the the, the ice. And now we're still dealing with. I, I mean, it's not the is it the exact same injury? Was it a, a herniated disc the first time too? Because I'm pretty sure it was. So I mean, for him to to re injure his back. 
in and any to kind do of it way. in non hard contact drills as well. Pro- I assume. Like I assume this was not really a physically taxing drill. He must have just yeah. planted his feet wrong or something. I mean, I don't think it was a very physical drill because he was working with like the athletic trainer. So I don't think they yeah, were. I think like, that's the scariest part about it. Yeah, it's like he probably didn't do that much movement, not that much exertion. It still probably happened. But the best part, not that there's any good part about this, but obviously I'm joking. The, the best part about all this is the people that are now on Twitter clamoring that when he was signed to that extension that he should have been traded beforehand. Oh, because you definitely predicted that this was going to happen, that Couturier was going to have this string of bad luck with injuries when he signed that extension back in August of 2021, I think it was. I mean, everybody was in unison that this was a pretty good deal. Um for Sean Couturier, 28, 29-year-old player who just won a Selkie. 7, 7 million for a guy who plays the way he does, two ways, elite two-way player. I mean, yeah, now we're dealing with the injuries, but at, at the time, it, it was a steal of a deal, and everyone was pretty much agreed with each other that it was. And, I, I mean, I just can't stand the people that are coming out now being like, oh, well, I said they should have traded him. Look! Look at the injuries. Like that's a bad contract. Like it's yeah. so easy to say, and it's I, so I can't, easy to say. I can't believe with the the stretch of years we've had the last two years that people still just log on socials and just care about being right. Dude, I just want my team to win a, the goddamn game. I know. Man. I no longer care about like being right, or oh my take from last year was right. No, we've been poverty for the last three years. I just want to win games. I really don't care if you were right about Sean Couturier's <laughs> contract concerns two seasons ago. Whoop the fucking do. We still blow. I mean, you can go back on any pod, any Twitter feed, any Twitter account, where, where, like whatever you want to do. You can go back on anything and, and, and find where people were wrong, find where people were right. But, I mean, for people to, 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 to jump on Twitter, I mean, I saw it today while I was working. I, it was a lot of people like, oh, like in the replies. Oh, I, sh- I called this. Like, oh, this this contract sucks now because of the injuries. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously it does. I, we're sitting Let's here Let's say we didn't it. sign it. Are we in a position this year where we're going to win? Well, think about it. When they handed him the extension, Drew was still on the team. Uh, the thoughts were the team was going to be good. Couturier signs a, a, a team-friendly deal at 7-7 in hopes that Drew comes back again. But, I mean, the worst possible situation happened with the team. Drew left. The team sucked. And now Couturier's hurt again. I mean, it's just like a, a string of bad luck. We just talked about it. I mean, when does it end? I mean, at some point, it's got to end. It has to end with one of the young guns. That's, that's what I... It has to. That's what we there been... has to be one young gun, and like we keep talking about this, mm-hmm. and let's just get into it now, honestly, because I think it's an interesting discussion topic. Like, with the amount of chances and playing minutes there's going to be going around this year, I find it hard to believe that not one prospect is going to just exceed expectations glowingly. It has to fucking yeah. happen. I mean, like statistically, it, it has to, right? Like, I mean, at this yeah. point, it was different under like Mike Yo. Av gets fired players are getting called up in the middle of this dumpster fire season like there should be a little bit of stability with torts i'm no, hoping there's there more will. than a little bit there will but be. like there should be a level of stability to the point where these players feel comfortable and we're not seeing us just getting wiped like last year like seven two seven one no fight in the team I mean, honestly, you might still see them get wiped like five two five three but i mean oh, yeah. it, like in boston yeah the <laughs> But yeah. it won't be terrible watching, if that makes any sense. I mean, I 
obviously it sucks to lose a hockey game, but I mean, I Torch is really going to have these guys ready to play. I mean, I I really do believe that, and I, I mean his message today to season ticket holders really. I mean, not to kind of hop on the bandwagon because I'm a huge Flyers fan, but I mean it's tough not to get excited by by him saying that. It's I think pretty cool. Why I said to you like I I wish he had better is because a letter like that, if we had a good like a good lineup. Like, I'm seeing red, yeah. seeing a letter like that. Like, I love seeing it now. Don't get me wrong. Like, we need a culture like that. We need a coach like that. I love seeing it. But, like, it just would have been different if, imagine, all these injuries didn't happen and maybe we did get Johnny Goudreau going. In. Like, I would be seeing red at that oh, letter. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, that that's something that we've been waiting for as a fan base since the Rangers did it years and years ago. I mean, just be transparent with us. Talk to us. We, I mean, we talked about it in previous pods, and, and they could have came out with a letter like this and, and, and not obviously say we're going to suck on purpose, but, like, hey, we're going to take a step back and see how these young kids are doing, and we would have been okay with it. And I mean, this is, not, this is the first time in a very long time that we've gotten a, a message from the organization like this, and now it's coming from John Tortorella, and I just, I loved it. I mean, like everything he said, not not to go crazy, but I mean, like every single he, he he says, quote, every single player will be tough to play against, and above all, give an honest effort. If they don't, you won't see that player very much. That alone will be the driving force to our success, and will define our twenty twenty two twenty twenty three season. Like, if that player doesn't do that, you will not see him. <laughs> like, I like hearing that. I mean, obviously, coaches do that. All like everywhere, but hearing him say that, I'm sure the the guys are like, oh yeah, I mean this is gonna be a tough camp. I mean they've already come out and said we've been warned that this is gonna be a pretty pretty crazy camp. So good. I mean they they we know more than anyone. They need that fire under their ass, dude. Yeah, I was just I thinking mean, today like they don't deserve an easy camp. No, they shouldn't even be here. So like the fact <laughs> that they are, it's like you better be ready. Seriously, Absolutely. a lot of those players I thought wouldn't be here this year, but they are. So, better be ready because this is your last coach. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I will refuse to sit through any more coaches with this exact same roster, this exact same core. I mean, obviously Giroux is gone, but people know what I mean by that. Like Konechny, Couturier, Hayes, those guys up there, Provorov, Sandheim. It's the same, same dudes. So, all right, I'm about to put a scenario for you. Throw it at me. Ready? Mm-hmm. Season ends. We're in a top 10 lottery position. We're in the top 10? Or? Like, yeah, like, come lottery night, like, we're within the top 10 in that running, and we're going to be watching. Like, we're going to think that we have a chance. Yeah. Top 10, though. Not as good as last year, but top 10. Okay. Two young guns break out. Cam York mm-hmm. and one of Forrester or Frost. And, like, they're... They break out to the point where you're genuinely fired up to watch them next year. Tough. To see what kind of strides they take. What What is your, like, assessment of that at the end of the year? Is that, like, what you're striving for right now? It's obviously not to make the playoff. Because, like, that's not a realistic expectation now. It's just not. Yeah, it's is it, tough. Is it to lose as much as possible, but have those players that are going to be here in the future really just find their mold? Like, is that really what we're just going to be sitting here watching for? Yeah, I mean, me personally, and I'm sure maybe torts, but for me personally, for this season, this is what I want to see. I want to, I want to weed out the guys who don't want to be here, find out who's going to be a part of this core or up this this team 
for the next couple of years. Uh, and the, the the young guns to take a step. So the guys like Cates, Tippett, York, Forrester, uh, Desnoyers, Wisdom, uh, even Konechny. I mean, he's still a young kid, 25. Uh, those guys to take a step. But, I mean, most of all, I mean, Torch is going to be here for three, four years. So I think this first year is going to be let's weed out Let's weed out these guys who don't want to be here, who don't work hard, who are part of the problem. And let's see who wants to be here, who works hard, and wants to be a part of this organization for the next five, six years. So that's what I want to see. I just want to see them work hard, have accountability amongst each other. Um, and even, like, we talked about it a couple of days ago. Accountability, not just with the players and the coaches. Accountability throughout the entire organization. Like, I have Tortorella coming in here talking about the the locker room and how bad it is, and they haven't even have players on their media interviews. Basically, not calling each other out, but I mean, Hayes was basically saying if you want to say someone's playing bad, but don't want to hear it when you're playing bad, no one's going to take you seriously. It's basically what he said. I mean, that's a shot at somebody. Don't know who it is. But obviously there's something going on in that locker room. So I just want to see accountability throughout the throughout the organization. And that means Chuck Fletcher and Dave Scott. And that's where you don't see the accountability. Like, if you want to talk about the players, that's fine. And I agree. But, I mean, let's talk about the top. Where's the accountability for Chuck Fletcher? Where's the accountability for Dave Scott? I know Dave Scott's basically the boss. So, I mean, can't really fire himself. But, I mean, people are getting promotions within this organization. And I know Valerie... She doesn't really have anything to do with the actual team. I'm not saying that. I'm not throwing fits because she got a... a it's the principle of it. Yeah, it's just like... It's a bad look. It's a bad look. I, I mean, like she's probably good at her job, obviously. She's good at her job. She's got a promotion. and I mean, good for her. It's nothing against her. She doesn't really have anything to do with like the actual hockey team and how it's built. But it's just, like you said, it's kind of a bad look when, you're, when your organization is just, just turmoil. Just complete turmoil. Um, so I just want to see accountability. It's just the... The number one thing for me. Work hard. And just... <laughs> I don't want to watch shitty hockey. If it's... If they're losing like 3-2 games, 4-2 games, and like they, they look okay, and like there's a couple of young players that look like they're, they're guys, then uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I mean, this team isn't good. And they just got a lot, lot worse with Sean Couturier going down. And if I had to guess, he's not playing this season. So he's out for the yeah. year. He's not playing. I mean, yeah, if I, if I I'm not bet a, on it. not a fucking doctor, obviously, but I mean, if I had to, like you said, if I was a betting man, he's probably not playing this year. So yeah, I mean, you're just going off of what we've seen the last yeah. three seasons. Like, and can a, you blame me? You can't no. sit here and be like, oh, well, you're, no, it was you're my negative. First thought too. Yeah. I saw six to eight weeks. Flyers are hopeful. Katsuria comes back six to eight weeks. I was like, yeah, well, I'm hopeful for a lot of things too. Doesn't mean they're going to happen. Yeah. Like, hey, that shit ain't happening. Just stop bullshit. Stop, stop throwing shit in the air. Like literally like one do. episode ago, we were just saying like, all right, like they didn't get JG, they didn't do any of this, but and then they're gambling on an unhealthy lineup. Because I remember I made mention of Hayes and Couturier. I was like, you're gambling just like last season on the health of guys who have failed I you. Know, and it dude. literally, it's not even an episode later, and it, the shit already happened. I mean, I'm like, terrified of, I'm terrified of Hayes going down. I mean, I don't want to throw that in the air. But, I mean, I've seen so many comments over the last couple of days and been, like, we're a Hayes injury away from having, like, like from Scott Lawton being our 1C. I mean, it's fucking brutal, dude. It's bad. It's yeah. really... I'm not trying to be a negative person, but, I mean, it's... 
injuries are going to happen. I mean, we can't forward any of them except only on the right wing because we're loaded on the right wing in this organization for some weird reason. Like, our, the right wing depth in this organization is actually kind of nuts. I was talking to a follower about it today. But all in all, to throw that question right back at you, what would be a quote-unquote successful season for you? Obviously, making the playoffs and winning a round would be successful, but I mean, I don't see that happening. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. That, that's not successful for me. That's actually like a Stanley Cup <laughs> for me. Like, that's how far of a reach I think it is yeah. now. Especially with like this division. Like, Taurus would have to do his best work yet. Seriously. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I, I'm, I'd be here for it. If, like, the team's exciting to watch and it looks like they might happen, like, I'm so here for it, but I'm definitely not expecting it. But what I would consider a success starts with getting Carter Hart back into a groove, and I guess that starts with just the system play and the defense, and it seems like every year they leave him out to dry so much to the point where by December he's just mentally checked because there's really Mm -hmm. nothing he can do because, like, there are times where, like, four – opposing skaters are in the crease with no flyers to be found like there was memeable moments last season of like no defenseman in the crease and like a guy all alone so i think a stabilizing system that allows carter hart to be the star i know he could be is step one and step two would just be there's enough playing time around for one of these young guys one of these first round picks to break out and it'd be disappointing if not like there's nothing but chances now yeah and one of those uh, guys is Forrester, man. I mean, the way he's been playing yeah. in the World Cup. The shot's insane. I mean, the World Juniors. Uh, the rookie game, he just scored 33 seconds into overtime. That goal was nice. Yeah, it, it's, it would be nice to see him crack the lineup. Not expecting it, but it would be a nice little surprise, especially with how things have gone around Flyers land lately. So, I mean, like you said, it, it would be nice. But uh, we'll see how things play out. Camp begins tomorrow, man. I'll be there Friday for the scrimmage, so follow along on Twitter. Um, told you, Torres is jumping right into it, man. I mean, they're, they are not playing around, Danny. I'll go through the schedule right now uh, with you. Because in years past, that was the thing. Like, yeah, we sucked. But more than anything, it felt like no one gave a shit. Nah, that bro. was the worst part. was like, we would be losing games. No one on the be- no coach on the bench gave a shit. No players on the bench gave yeah. a shit. It was just us behind our TVs angry. And I, it's just good to know that even if we suck so bad to the point we did last year, at least Tortorella is going to be just as angry as me. Yeah. And that alone is going to provide some relief. I, obviously, I want it way more this season, but that alone is better than last season. I mean, like, obviously they all care. But, I mean, seeing like, you, you really saw from guys like Joel when he was like smashing a stick in the hallway. Love that. Uh, despite them being, like, 30 points out of a playoff yeah, it was spot. like it was like April. Yeah, we were so done. Um but real quick, let me go through the uh, the schedule. So tomorrow's their first day of on ice. Today was media day. I'm sure you saw a couple of tweets from the Flyers, a couple of pictures, a couple of videos of of the guys all suited up. But tomorrow's the first on ice session, uh, session and uh, Torch is breaking them up in the four groups: Group A, B, and C, and D. So 8:30 in the morning. I'm like, I'm not sure because I don't have any of the schedules from the last couple of training camps that I've gone to. But I do not remember training camp beginning this early. I could be completely wrong on that. Somebody uh, fact-checked me if you're listening um, on Twitter and let me know. But, uh, yeah, the first session is 8.30 to 9.15. That's Group D. Uh, second session is 15 minutes later at 9.30 to 10.15. Group C, uh, I'm sorry, Group D is first. Group C is second. Um, that The second session ends at 10.15. Uh, third session begins 15 minutes later again at 10.30. Ends at 11.15. That's Group B. 
and then Group A comes on at 11.30 to 12.15. And then they jump into a scrimmage tomorrow at 9 a.m., Group A versus Group D. And then Group A and Group C have uh, a scrimmage at 1. So, I mean, they're jumping right in the practice tomorrow, and then a scrimmage on Friday, and then a game on Saturday with a morning skate. So, I mean, <laughs> Chuck wasn't lying, man. You got to come to this camp ready to fucking go. And if you're not ready to go, you will be left behind. And I love that. I mean, that, that, that gets At me excited. At least we can have that hang on to that. Yeah. Like, it's a we busy couple days. I'm going to watch that Tortorella press conference, and I'm going to love it if he chews out players or... <laughs> or even choose out like referees or something over an awful call. Like I just I love that shit. And then Sunday, the day after their game first Boston in Philly, Group C and Group A will scrimmage at nine o'clock, and then Group D and B will scrimmage at one. So I mean, right after their preseason game on Saturday, they will scrimmage yet again on Sunday. So I mean, Jesus, Monday's their first day off. The twenty sixth is their first day off. And then they have a game on the Tuesday and another game on that Wednesday. So, I mean, dude, this is... <laughs> they're going to be... Ian Hartnell or Ryan Callahan's interviews about Tortorella that I saw him say that, like, his first camp uh, with Columbus, I guess I guess it was Hartnell, his first camp with Columbus was just, like, just an eye-opening for everyone. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, shit, this guy really means business. And, like, there was a lot of testy moments, but in the end... He said, like, by midway through the point in the season, he felt like they were the most complete team with the most identity they've had. So, I'm sure uh, Atkinson is warning the boys about, like, no, seriously, like, get ready for this training camp. It's going to be hard. Um, I'm sure he's making his rounds because he's, he's the only one on the team that knows personally how John Torrella training camps are. So, uh, we'll see. I'm excited. Even though the team's gonna it's gonna suck, I still missed seeing the boys out there playing. Obviously, I mean we're hockey freaks, Danny. We're we're gonna be watching this team for some and, weird and reason. Honestly, I loved watching Cam Atkinson last year. He was such Stud. a joy to watch. Stud. Um, yeah, dude, he felt like one of our best. He was. He was was one of our best performers. But he's honestly a guy. Now I don't know if this is a hot take. Probably not. I mean at this stage. Uh, but if he has a good year of this year, I'm shopping him heavy at the trade deadline. Oh, yeah. I heavy. think that's set in stone with any stone. aging player. Absolutely. Because, uh, like, Konechny's kind of on the same deal. He's younger. I'd say Atkinson's a better player as of right now, but hopefully Konechny can get back into shape. And uh, It's the windows, though. It's the windows. Like, while Atkinson is still going to be a producer in the NHL, we're not going to be competing. By the time we compete... He probably will be out of his prime window. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely, no, 100. Yeah. percent That's why it would just make more sense to to shop him over over TK at that point, especially considering who has a better season uh, and who can get you more. Like if Atkinson has like 20 something goals at the trade deadline, I mean that's that's beautiful. That could be that could be very useful for us. And honestly, I don't want Chuck making the decision. Like I want Chuck going with Briere and the in the saddle, making the decision. Because I don't want Chuck to touch any more of this roster than he already has. I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. So, if you could if you could say to me a scenario where we get a good draft pick, I think Hart had a great year, and his defense allowed him to have a great year, and there was a couple breakout young guys. Successful year in my book. Yeah. I mean, 
and then we shop like like say we get some assets for Atkinson at the deadline, and then JVR frees up in the off season. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, you you got you got me like you're you're snowballing something here, and you got me following the path. But what what would have made getting Gaudreau good with that is he could have been on the team when all that happens. Like you weren't exactly. you weren't just signing Gaudreau for this year. You were signing Gaudreau for the next seven eight years. So, yeah, to be a Part of your core for seven years. I'll never get over that, Danny. And I like, don't give a fuck. Sean Couturier going down, like, if Dad. we would have signed Goudreau, in my mind, it would have just been like, maybe it's time we cut bait on Couturier and just let Goudreau go ham. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I would have been thinking right now. But I'll just never get over it, bro. I, mean, I don't care how many times people tell me to stop no, talking about it. I will get never over get over that. Never. You can't get over it because they made it sound like it was going to happen. You, dude, your, your general manager said in March, <laughs> we still think we're going to win. <laughs> and we're gonna try everything possible to win. And you watched him do absolutely nothing. Like keep JVR, get a defenseman. Delorier, Braun. De- yeah, Delorier, four-year deal for a fourth liner. And like the, the scariest part about all of it is that they, as in like the quote-unquote brain trust over there, genuinely think that they're like tougher to play against, and will be better, or at least. Better than last season. Three straight off seasons of failures, and I haven't seen one leak, one rumor like, yo, Chuck might be on the hot seat. Like, no, every time something bad happens, he's sitting right next to Dave Scott, and they're both just, like, geeking it up with each other. How much How much you want to bet we get the, the typical, oh, the injuries hurt us at the end of the season from, from Chuck if he's still here? <sighs> I, don't, I don't even – that would be such a risky thing to say that. In a Bro, year would... where everyone knew we were chalked. Like, it was different. Like, last year, like, going into the year, there was definitely some hope. That's why I was so upset last year. Is because I actually I thought that was a good team. Like, maybe not – I didn't think it maybe it was a contender, but I thought it was a good team. Like, I really did. And when they failed me, I was I was incredibly disappointed. Uh, as as was I. As was I. But let's go through some uh, questions real fast. I mean, not real fast. We actually have a couple. Uh, Bleed Orange and Black are guy. Gents, this was a rough day for the organization. If Coots and Ellis are on LTIR, do you see management's management making other moves besides bottom depth players? How do you think this backup goalie situation will work out? Hope, hoping, hoping are the best, but I'm cautious going into this. Hopes are the best, but I'm cautious going into the season. Miss these pods. Let's fucking go, TLY. Love you, bleed. You're our guy. Um. I don't see them making any moves if Ellis and Couturier both go on LTIR. No, I if really they do, don't. that's a slap in the face. 100%. If they if they try some desperate-ass move <sighs> right be... here, I'm, I'm going to be so mad. Let, let it die. Just let it die. I don't even know be what they bad. would do. Like, who would you out, go out and get right now? Yeah, that, that's another thing. Yeah, it would be like it would be some bot, bro. Like, it really... It... <laughs> I don't want Chuck Fletcher touching this team anymore, bro. I, I really don't. Like I, I want this guy gone. I really yeah, that, do that, not that's want him. Where there. all of my like dis like disappointment comes from it's the fact that he's still here and I safe. Know. So like even if things go right this season, I don't trust him to take the next step into next season. Or no. let's say, like remember how we were just saying at the deadline getting the best deal for Atkinson. This guy gets fleeced in trades, bro. Even in trades where he has leverage. Like I, I don't trust him to do anything. Nah, that's what, I mean, that's what I said in my tweet today. I he's not going to be the one that's digging us out of, that digs us out of this hole. I do not want him making any kind of trade. If TK, I mean, if if, if Sanheim and and Atkinson have a really good year and possibly they're 
teams are offering crazy, crazy packages for, say, a Sandheim. Uh, I don't trust him to get the full amount that you could get from a Sandheim playing really well towards the trade deadline. I mean, I, I really just don't trust it. I just don't want him touching <laughs> the roster anymore. I really don't. Yeah, he's not that guy. Like, it was, it was so funny, too, because that, that's something I I did trust Ron Hextall. With as much shit as we Trades? did Ron Hextall. When it, when it came trade time, I knew that dude was going to get the best deal he could. Absolutely. How do you see this backup goalie situation working out? I really don't know. Sandstrom or Grosstick's probably my guess. I mean, Erickson had a really good, really good game in that second rookie game on Saturday. I'm hoping for Felix. But Sandstrom looked good, given like the circumstances Felix. that he had, that he dealt with last year in the games that he played. I'm pretty sure his first game in the NHL, he faced 40-plus shots. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about Sandstrom. But, I mean, that's another funny point that, I mean, Bleed didn't even mean to bring up, but he did. <laughs> Danny, have we really acknowledged the fact that they've walked into this season without an actual backup? Um, I think we did around... No, we haven't, like, in the last couple episodes. But we did make mention of it, like, going into the free agency period and the period where we were supposed to be, quote-unquote, aggressively retooling. Because I remember we were like, oh, maybe the reason why they're not addressing backup goalie right now or anything is because they have their eyes set on Goudreau, but obviously that was false. So I, I really, I guess they're banking on internally because there's really, like, the market's so dry now. Yeah. There's really no I mean, one out I, there that you could get. You couldn't even you couldn't even get, like, a Peter Morazic right now if you wanted to. Like, the market's that dry. So, uh, to go back on that Sandstrom, his first start was... San Jose, right? April 13th versus the New York Rangers? No, the, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. December 30th, you're right, against uh, San Jose. He, sh- he faced 46 shots that game. That was a great game to watch. He was he was, he was good. It was so, really enjoyable to watch. And his team left him to dry that game. Yeah, that's what they do like, best. bad, dude. Like, usually you see, like, at least in years past, like, say, like, a Rob Zepp comes up or, like, a feel-good story goalie. Like, I feel like the team always plays harder and gives them, like, a better effort in front of them because, like, they know that the goalie isn't going to bail them out. Yeah. It was just funny last year. They had a backup goalie from the Phantoms. They still just left them out to dry. Bad. They're like, have fun, bro. And he, he tore it up. Did, what did, we, did, we, did we lose a shootout? We did right? lose that game, yeah. But God, it wasn't like his you, fault. I remember thinking to myself, you got to win that game. Like, yeah. I know we suck, but come on. you got to win that game. Your we, goalie just gave you 46. We texted back and forth that night. Like, you have to win that game for him. Don't care that we're 35 points out of a playoff spot. You have to win that game for him. And that's a, it's a, He stood on his head. Like, first career start, and you let him face 40-something shots. Like, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. It's brutal. In the net hockey, what are you guys going to do when we are last in the league but still end up with the sixth picks? Also, you boys going to go any games this year? Possible meetup. Definitely meeting up at some point this year, 100%. I'm going to be this, down this there. This year should be better than last year. So. Yeah. I'll be down there home opener, so if you guys are down there, uh, let us know. But uh, what are you going to do when we end up last in the league but still end up with the sixth pick? I mean, that's just the Flyers luck, baby. I have just, and this goes back to me, holding on to any bit of hope I can to not go insane here. <laughs> I just have this feeling that if we're in that mix, that the league's going to give us a good pick. But I was wrong last year. The Devils 
stole our spot last year. So. I, fu- I, I I can't fucking stand the Devils, man. That that just made me dislike them even more. Dude, how funny was that when we were watching that together and we were like, no, dude, the Devils moved up. We were like, dude, what a day. That was the start of it all in hindsight. I should have known right there. We weren't getting Johnny Hockey. We weren't we weren't doing anything good. It was all going to go downhill right there. Honestly, we 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 should have realized that then. Uh, Seamus G actually with a really good question. I've been thinking about this last last day. <laughs> What's your pitch to convince a casual Philly sports fan to watch a single Flyers game this year? Wow, that's a really good question. It's a difficult pitch. It shouldn't be. That just goes to show how bit like how just annoying this team is. It really shouldn't be that hard of a pitch, but it is. Oh, it's, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to think about this one. It's the hardest pitch with any of the major sports in Philadelphia in a really long time. I mean, it's even harder to pitch. I can't the fl- think of one. No, I can't. It's it's harder to pitch the Flyers right now than it was when the Sixers were tanking because at least the Sixers were like publicly tanking and everybody knew it. So, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what I would say like. Oh well, maybe maybe the young guns will be good. Well, maybe like there's no like honestly I hate there's saying, no Zegris on here so like there's not I hate saying this but I probably would say something about Tortorello like kind of like getting them in the shape that was is what I would try to start with at yeah, least yeah maybe yeah maybe they're more physical like they're going to be physical they're going to be aggressive uh, they're not going to be a snooze fest like I I mean that's where I would try to start I mean I'm not going to try to convince people that they're going to be a good hockey team because then I'd just be lying to them. But I would probably start with some sort of Tortorella <laughs> reference about what he said um, since he's been hired and then try to try to say something about how let's have fun watching hockey and see what the young guns do under Tortorella. Like, I don't know. Like, it's Carter Hart yeah. could be really good and, and kind of carry us. I, I have no idea. I think that's I what no mine idea. would be. Mine would be, like, keep an eye out for Torts. Like, Torts is always known for creating, like, great defensive systems. So keep an eye out if the Flyers play that way. Carter Hart might just take the next step. Danny, is that the only way that they're good this year? If, 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 if Tortorella makes a great – like, if Tortorella looks at this roster, hey, I just lost Couturier – the only actual centers I have on this team are like Hayes, Frost, and Lawton. So if he's like, I'm gonna create an extremely, extremely good defensive structured team, and then Hart is good behind that. If it's, that's the only way they can be good, isn't it? Because I mean, they're not gonna it score is. six a night, five a night. So it is, and it could happen. Like that's the one that, like that's the kind of the one wild card in this, and that's why I'm not saying we're automatically resigned to picking top five. That's why I think it'll be like top ten. I do think Carhart is going to steal plenty of games in that system. I just don't see the team being top five bad with John Tortorello as the coach, Carter Hart as the goalie, and then I mean we and talk young about guns it. finding their groove. Like they really were finding their groove, enjoying playing with each other last year. Like Frost, Tippett, Cates, all these guys. They were they were you could tell they were having fun out there towards the end. Definitely, but then again, I mean skill out out skills no skill so. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just not as talented as other rosters. So, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see how how they how Tortorella will try to attack other teams with this well, roster. And without I've heard him mention of this before. At the very least, like say a team's coming to our building Saturday mm-hmm. night primetime game, it's gonna be fucking hard, and we should we should be in a position yeah. to maybe win that game. That that's that's what I'm at asking the, for. At the very least, now I'm I'm talking bottom of the barrel. At the very least. Be a hard team. Like, be a team that 
skilled teams like Colorado and Tampa don't want to come and play. Don't want to come into their your building and play you. Just, just at least, I mean, if if you're gonna be bad, at least be a tough team to to play against. Especially I think that's skilled it. teams. I like, think you just hit the nail on the head right there. Right. You're not asking them to be a playoff team, but you're just asking every now and then when the big boys come to your house, like you shut them up. Yes. You pull out a good game. You pull out a good win. Good performance. Yes. Team win. Because that's showing me the Something culture is getting better. Yeah. Exactly. Defending and your home turf. I, like I, I do have confidence in, in Tortorella being able to instill some kind of accountability and culture into this team. Like, I, I love the things that he's saying. And I'm not just saying this because he's the Flyers coach, but I just, I, I just, like, if the player is not going to do what he should do, you will not see that player. I just love how forward he is with things. And I really, like, blunt. I really think it's going to help some of these guys. Obviously, some guys aren't going to like it. Like, no one's, not everyone. Likes Tortorello that has played for him. Eh, whatever. Not not everyone's going to like you, but I do think he's going to be able to get this team at least be accountable amongst each other. So we'll see. We'll see. Very good question by Seamus, though. Thought about that question for a long time. Dude, honestly, that's like an article level question. Yeah. Honestly, like, so- it is. Might have to write that one up. Uh, Jake. Our guy, if Cooch is out long term, where does this team finish out of thirty-two? We kind of just talked about that, about how we don't see them being a bottom five team because of Torts and Hart. Yeah, and also don't see them being a playoff team. But like, I can see a scenario where maybe they get off to a hot start. Maybe it's just it's fun to watch. Like maybe they put together a fun stretch of hockey where they're playing defensively sound. They're winning like one goal games. We'll maybe. see. Yeah, I mean. I... Ten or eleven, Jake. I'll say, in somewhere in there. I don't think they're going to be god awful, but I don't think they're going to be a good, a very good hockey I'll team. I'll say this: I think they finished last in the Metro. Yeah, or second um, to last. Yeah, or second to last. Honestly, it's kind of funny because last year we were kind of high on them going into the season, excited, and our predictions were completely mm-hmm. different. And then they were ass. And now this year yeah. we're sitting here saying, "Oh, bottom of the barrel in the Metro." And watch they'll, they'll turn around and win like the first eight games of the first ten. Hey, it would be nice. Would be nice. Uh, Luke, will Chuck Fletcher ever get fired? No, because he has something against Dave Scott. Blackmail. Blackmail. Yeah, so, something's going on here. <laughs> I, I made you laugh the other day on text talking about that. He definitely has something. Against Dave Scott. He just... Job security, man. I would love to be shitty at my job and just have three years of just cruising through it. Doing absolutely nothing. It's the same fucking roster besides it's, Tony D'Angelo and Nick Delorier. He's like it's playing the same. NHL 22. <laughs> like Justin, paid for it. Justin Braun's back, bro. Nothing against my man Justin, but... It's just funny, man. It's just comical at this it's point. It's just like, like how you said you loved that Tortorella letter. I, did. I loved when Chicago sent that letter out to their fans and was like, yo, like, I know you guys are, like, we just had a dynasty, so many, like, a decade plus of winning. Well, like, we're going to be shit. Like, we're just <laughs> telling you now, don't have expectations. We're going to ship your your favorite old aging players, and we're going to be trash. <laughs> and I, ha- I was jealous when I saw that. I was like, wow. Because I remember for years Ron Hextall having to skirt the line of not admitting we're rebuilding keeping some players to make it seem like we're not rebuilding but he is rebuilding like he never made the lineup good enough to actually like what he did was so wrong 
Like, he, he left that core of, like, Giroux, Voracek, Simmons, Couturier. They, they, they were playing great, great hockey, like, just carrying, like, corpses of teams because Ron Hextall was so scared to go all in on rebuilding. Because and I guess Chuck is too. Like, what is it about the Philadelphia this market where everyone's just scared to just admit we're gonna suck? I think like, people are scared to f- it? scared to fail with this market because they know they'll get trashed. So they they just middle the entire time. It's the same. Like Chuck and Hexel are essentially doing the exact same thing. They are, and it's it's so annoying because you would think after all those years of the Hextall and like all the realizations the fan base came to like hey maybe if we did just cut the cord and rebuild when we when Hextall wanted to maybe like all in style maybe we wouldn't be as shit right now like people acknowledge that like Definitely. no one's going to be that hung up cuz like like we just said it's hard to make a pitch for the casual fan they care the casuals don't care they don't care at all it's all the diehard fans now that that are still here watching tweets caring and the rest are watching Jalen Hurts tear up the league right now like it's all the, the diehards that are watching the game. Yep. It's definitely all the, the And they diehards. wouldn't care if you admit it for a rebuild. Because I've spent the last 10 years just watching middling trash teams. And if you tell me we're going to be garbage for one to two years, have a chance at Bedard, and then when we finally get our chance back in the mix, we're going to be contenders? Yeah, I'll buy into that, dude. I don't care if it takes a couple years because you already wasted 10 for me. I mean... Yeah, well, some of their two, right? Yeah, I know this ain't getting fixed this year. There is no no miracle scenario where this, like... It's completely no. fixed, and we're contenders. This like there is just no chance at that. Uh, so, rip bef- the bandaid off, please. Absolutely, please. But that's not that's not what's happening. That's uh, nope. The complete opposite of that is happening. But uh, before we get into the next question, that does involve what I'm about to talk about right now um, with you, because I don't think me and you have talked about it yet. Uh, Flyers have given PTOs to Artem Anisimov and. Roussel from Dallas, the the bottom six bottom sixer that likes to throw hands. Yeah. Um, I'll say uh, I'll, I want to just add a couple of things and I'll let yeah, you go crazy. Yeah. Anisimov, I know he played in New York and Columbus for some time. I don't know which of those years were under Tortorella, but I'm, I'm sure there's familiarity. I yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, Antoine <laughs> Roussel, I like him. That's all I want to say. Anisimov's like entire time in New York was with Tortorello. He, he he started the same year Tortorello started in 2008-2009, and then uh, Tortorello outlasted him, but his last year with the Rangers was 2011-2012. So his entire time with New York was with Tortorello. So a little familiarity there. Um, he was in the KHL last year, 19 points in 27 games there. Uh, did try out for Colorado's. He uh he was given a PTO with Colorado last year, didn't make the roster because I mean that roster is absolutely insane. So I think Anisimov would have more of a chance to make the team than Roussel. Since Roussel's ter- teared his ACL um, a couple years ago, he hasn't really been the same kind of player. But I mean PTOs don't hurt. Let's see what they got. Uh, let's see if they can contribute anything. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Anisimov has more of a chance to to make this team, especially now with Kateria going down. So maybe he can be a 3C, 4C kind of guy on this team. I can't believe I'm talking about Anisimov being a 3C on this team. But it's it's possible. It could, it could definitely happen. Random thing, but kind of interesting. Antoine Roussel, national team, is Team France. Really? Um yeah, I don't think I've seen many like just like Team France players. It's pretty you know? cool, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zachary Schneider 
Roussel signing. I hope it gets done. At least when we lose, the other team will pay a toll physically. Last season was an embarrassment, losing constantly and zero physicality. If we're going to lose at a rapid rate, at least beat the shit out of every other team with pride. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel. Like yeah. I, I yeah. mean, that's what that's what we've been kind of saying the last three, four pods. I mean, if we're really going to do this with Delorier, McEwen, Brown, now Roussel possibly – uh, let's really do it. Let's let, let's be a team to that te- other teams don't want to play. Let's be physical. Let's be heavy, and let's beat the shit out of everybody. Let's do it. I mean, if that's what <laughs> that's what we're doing, I'm I'm on board. But to, to talk about Rousseau real quick, I wouldn't have honestly. I mean, obviously, I don't care about a PTO. I'm not I'm not, I'm not about to cry yeah. about it. And this is like reeks of desperation because of the depth chart. I, it's just yeah. how many of these guys are we having, like gonna add? Like Roussel well, would have been it's a, like our only option, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, like Roussel would have been a nice player a couple years ago, but I mean, I, I mean, agreed. Yeah. Roussel over McEwen would have been cool, but I mean, like, yeah, Delorie, like, Brown, yeah. McEwen, Roussel, and now uh, Anisimov might might make the team. Not that he's a, a fighter, but I mean, I wouldn't mind it if he made the team as a thirteenth, fourteenth forward. I really wouldn't, but I just don't think he has it in him anymore. You so. know, I would have liked Roussel around the year we got like Pitlick. Yeah. Remember that fourth line that year? Yeah. I really wouldn't mind it, but uh, I I think they have enough players on this team now that can beat the shit out of their team. Like Delorier, McEwen on the same line, they will beat the shit out of dudes. Um, so, I mean, you don't have to worry about that. So. To me, it's just like unexpected hit to the depth chart. They like ran into a room real quick. Chuck was like, yo, gave him a list of names and was like, who are you comfortable with from from these names? Is all we got. It's <laughs> all we got. <laughs> <laughs> Flyers fan 3344 Do you see the Flyers at least with a top 5 pick After the season Also if the season goes completely south or off the rails Will we finally see some sort of change in the front office Um, Top 5 pick I would If I had to say yes or no I'd say no I think, I think they're going to be right outside of the top 5 And if the season goes off the rails absolutely dude i don't even see chuck fletcher lasting the season i think he's gone by trade deadline if this season goes off the rails he cannot make this draft pick i don't want even him if it is a layup roster. draft pick <laughs> yeah even if it's like fantilly or something at three or if he's like pit yeah or if he's like pick at two or something like that <laughs> everyone knows like yeah it's not Mitch Mitch Cobb. Cobb. yeah like everyone knows even then i still don't want him making it <laughs> And our look would be he would snag Mitchkov, and then Mitchkov would be locked in Russia for the rest of his life, yeah. not allowed out. Dude, that's a scary prospect to think about. I'm sure. I, I wonder how that's going to play out. Not, I mean, not the joke about it, because there are like actual lies being affected. I mean, we just got uh, an no, update. I know what you mean, though. Like it would be our luck. Yeah, I mean, our goalie. Like, <laughs> actually, okay. we just got an update on him today. Uh, he withdrew his um, appeal, and. He's officially not going to be playing hockey in North America this year, so he will. He does have to uh, work a year in the military. So he's done. His, his, his dream of playing hockey in North America are over for at least this year, which is awful. Which I, bro, is I'm not gonna lie to you. I would love to see like some kind, like when, especially when he makes it back to North America and starts playing hockey. I would love to see some kind of like documentary on this. Kind of like mini documentary, just Absolutely. breaking shit down, interviews with him. Like, where the fuck were you for all those months? <laughs> yeah, just him breaking down. Like, yo, some dudes came to my house middle of the night. Like, just like some crazy shit. Like, I want to hear about because it, it sounds fucking insane. And it really does. if and when he does finally come over, I want the support for him to be insane. Like, 
I'll personally, I mean, I'll be like John Clark, dude. I'll meet the dude in the airport. <laughs> like, seriously. John Clark is, at <laughs> he's times, creepy as fuck with that shit. Days in the airport, bro. I mean, <laughs> these guys are fucking tired getting off planes, and this guy has a microphone in your face. And this guy, I'm pretty sure John Clark's like 6'6". Six, six. He's a tall, <laughs> big motherfucker. Just, yeah, like, you notice him. Yeah, bro, like you see him it. hawking you from down the from down the, the airport. Like, the just funniest just shit to me is when we, we traded for Jimmy Butler, right yeah he flies in he doesn't even get him at the airport he must have missed him or something jimmy butler's like at a red light in traffic getting driven <laughs> he's like getting driven by a driver and they're about to pull into the parking lot to the sixers facility and like he's outside like on the fucking street with his phone up like yo jimmy how does it feel to be a sixer and jimmy's just like yeah man, it feels but like he's in the middle of traffic like it's hilarious <laughs> that shit is funny dude i don't care what anybody says <laughs> Ryan Conway, at what time is it acceptable for me to become a Ducks fan? Honestly, dude? I wouldn't even pick the Ducks low-key. I mean, they have, like, Zegras. Yeah, yeah. Terry, I mean, like, Drysdale. They're definitely, like, legit, but, I mean, I, if I had my pick of a team. Which I would never do, just to say on the record. I'm a one-team one guy. Oh, yeah, and yeah, no, that's always a joke. That's al- <laughs> That's always a joke. Trust me. Danny, you if, can't root for more than two teams? If the Flyers were going to, If I was going to not be a Flyers fan, it would have happened by now. Trust. <laughs> yeah. Trust. If this, didn't, <laughs> if this didn't boot me out, then nothing will, dude. Seriously. This is going to make it all worth it. That's what That's what I always tell myself in these yeah. dark moments. The day we finally win something... Hey, I could be 48, but still, the day we finally win something, I'm just going to be like, it was all worth it. At the end of the day, hopefully... Our luck will just forever be in just medi- mediocrity for the rest of our. Oh no! Nah, imagine imagine? like imagine like we're twenty eight and we have just just a consistently good contending team like year in year out. Would be nice. It would be worth it. Yeah, I mean if we're twenty, Danny, if we're still this bad when we're twenty eight, bro, I, <laughs> m- I might fucking like just, just lose it. Like year just, ten, year ten of TLY, dude. <laughs> just, just complete mental would be gone. Honestly, dude, I'd be a crazy person. I would be an insane person at that point. I mean, it's the same to me. We start this podcast, we get a playoff run. Next two seasons, atrocious. We're going into our fourth season with the podcast now, and it doesn't look like a playoff season. It's just crazy because when just, we started, we thought it was a good time. <laughs> I was. They were good from like February to like. 11 days into March, and then that's it. They went right back to mediocrity after that. It's, it's insane. They, it's I insane. Know. What hurt the most about that was, like like you said, they found their groove, and, like, you could just see it in the building. Like, as it was hitting February and March, and, like, that April playoff swing was coming around, you could just see, like, the building getting louder, getting more packed. Like, Drew would score a goal, get fired up, like... Loved seeing that for him because he never had, like, a regular season where he pretty much knew he was in the playoffs, like, before the yeah. last two games. So, yeah, it sucks. It does suck. And then COVID, dude. COVID just... Something mm, happened. Mm. S- something else happened within that locker room. I mean, I just, I've been saying it for months, but but I, I just don't know. It's, it's insane. Let's if look I at had the... to take a guess, personally, and I'll be quick with this, I yeah. think it's AV wasn't vocal. Especially during times where he really needed to be vocal, like like benching a player or making a player sit, like like Frost, for instance, making a player sit 
on like the fourth line for the rest of the game not playing like it was just not being vocal where i feel like tortorella is just gonna pull a player in the room and be like you fucking suck tonight <laughs> you're gonna you're not getting as many minutes tomorrow night i feel like av is the type of dude to like send that message quietly and then like not say anything and wait to see how his player reacts you know what i'm saying i know exactly what you're saying tortorella yeah, is gonna be a like lot more up front with it absolutely but uh, right now the lineup could be now that we have the possibility of Farabee being in the lineup opening night, which I don't think is going to happen. But in this scenario, let's say he is. So top line, my, this is my guess because I'm obviously this is going to be a lot of line combination because this team is not going to be very good. So you got to find, try to find something that works. But uh, I mean, this is what I just threw together real fast. Farabee, Hayes, Connecting is the top line. JVR, Lawton, Atkinson, Cates, Frost, Tippett. That line stays the same. Delorier, Brown, Allison is the fourth line with McEwen as the extra forward. Now, I have question marks next to Roussel, next to Anisimov, next to Forrester, next to uh, Likesell, next to Desnoyers, and next to Wisdom. So, we'll see how they fare in camp. They're all pretty much long shots except for Forrester. So, we'll see how that uh, works out. But, I mean, as of right now, that's what we're dealing with. It's pretty fucking brutal. As I was writing it, I'm like, oh, jeez. But to me, it's nothing but opportunity, like... Yeah. There like, should be no reason why these players, are, like these young guys, if they make the team and they're perform, like they're performing, there's no reason why they shouldn't be playing power play minutes in big spots. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I 100% expect Frost to be on power play one, maybe even tip it as well. Um, like if not, that is such a joke. And like this is not my like Frost bias coming in. Like that's a complete fucking joke. Like people gotta admit, like at, at the very least, the kid has skilled hands and he's a great passer and we don't have many of that on this team or even in this franchise pipeline. So like you should put those players in positions to succeed. Yeah, I mean I don't think it's biased for you to come out and say, hey, I think they should but put But some people would have you believe it is. Like, hey, they should put players in the best position to succeed that best suits their skill set. Like I don't think that's a fucking crazy thing to say. <laughs> Don't try to make Frost a fucking two-way forward. Put him on the power play. Put the puck on his stick and see what happens. So, like, that's what should happen. But we'll, yeah, like, we'll let see. him hold the puck while the other team is down a man and just watch good things happen. Yeah, I mean... Because that, that's one of our hugest problems with the power play throughout the years that really bothers me is the indecisiveness. Like, a guy gets a puck and he has to settle it for three seconds. Look up. Look left. Look right. All right, this guy's open here. Quick little pass. Like, nah, there's none of that with Frost. He's going to get the puck. He's going to know who's open before he even gets the puck. Puck snapped over. Like, this is something we've been missing. Especially with Drew gone. Like, you yeah, got to yeah. fucking give me that. Speaking of the power play, I mean, there were so many times last year where me and you sat here and we talked about how passive they were and how they didn't move. They didn't move their feet during. Like, on, like me and you always sat here talking about when you're one man up. Move around, find each other in the slot, find find some soft spots, whip the puck back and forth. But, I mean, none of that was happening. It was just all yeah, perimeter. Yeah, they only stuff. slowed down. And we, what confirmed it the most was when it was a five on three, they were even slower than they were on the five on four. Yeah, it, they like the five on threes. I, they were worse than the five on fours because yeah. we had multiple five on threes this last season where that were just like you're watching it and you're like, yo, they did nothing. Nothing. Like they played catch for thirty seconds, lost the puck. How many? Like, how many times within the last two, three years have me and you said I would rather be on the PK because they play more aggressive on the PK? And and when we get a power play, how many times have you have me and you said to each other, honestly, can we decline the power play because they become passive? Because they were shit. playing well. Yeah, we were getting aggressive. Yeah, it's like they just they hold up. 
And like I said, it, it confirmed it for me when I saw that on five on threes they are even slower. Like they they are just stationary on yeah. the five on threes playing catch. It's and, like, dude. And you said something absolutely mind blowing. I mean, top of the line hockey knowledge about the power play. You were like, when you're on the power play, you're up one man. So get faster, make quick pa- quicker passes because you have more space. I mean, that's a crazy concept. <laughs> that you threw out there, but I mean, it's it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. The last three years, I've been watching a power play that legitimately slows down instead of speeding up. I, I it, it, it's incredible. I sit it's like, here. It's like they just don't know how the ship fucking like. It's how incredible. space gets freed. Yeah, it's it's like they just assume since it's a five on three, naturally there's going to be one person with an open shot. It, no, it's not. You want the best shot, so you fucking move. You give the puck to one guy, have him beeline up the board real it's, quick, it's, draw a defender out, then give it back to the point. Just keep whipping it around. Like that's what Carolina and Tampa and Colorado did all throughout the playoffs. That just had me like. Wow. Even Florida, before they got completely... Every other team does it, dude. I have to sit here and, and, and explain what a fucking power play is. It's like, like wow. I mean, like, that's where we are. This, Carolina just looks too fast. Like, like, yeah. like, you see them score a power play goal, and you're like... Like, the penalty kill, like you can't keep up with that. Like, yeah. they were just whipping that. They knew where each other was going to be before they even... They didn't even look. They didn't even look. They, they The chemistry was that strong. They didn't even look. They knew where each other was going to be. They just snapped it around. The best power play in the league, in my opinion, it goes Colorado, Tampa, Edmonton, or maybe Edmonton second. But I mean, those are the top three power plays in the league. They're they're incredible. They're absolutely insane. Uh, Keith Yandel officially retired. Just to throw that out there real fast, played seventy seven games for the Flyers last season, one goal, eighteen assists, minus forty six. Officially retired. Hey, I mean, despite what went down last year, guy was a professional. Had a great career. Last season, we didn't do shit anyway, so I'm not going to like hold on to him being trash in his last season. <laughs> Good for Keith. Enjoy your retirement. Enjoy your retirement, yeah, definitely. But, hey, camp opens up tomorrow. Things are starting to get on their way. Really kind of kick things in the gear. Now we'll actually have something to talk about, actual things with this new team to talk about. DeLaurier, D'Angelo, all these quote-unquote new guys, Braun. Brand new guy. It's gonna be fun getting getting to know him. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's exciting Jeez. that things are back. That hockey's back tomorrow. Today officially, but tomorrow on ice. It's very uh. There's a, there's a level of excitement nice. that comes with having expectations as low as we do. It's almost like yeah. If anything plays out positively, it's like a pleasant surprise. Like, I'm excited to see Day Noyer in camp because, I mean, he had a really good rookie, those two rookie games. Pretty sure he had, like, four points. He had two assists on the Saturday night. I'm pretty sure he had a couple points Friday night as well. Uh, Wisdom had a goal on Saturday night. Forster had an assist on Friday uh, on Saturday night. So, I mean, just a lot of these uh, a lot of these rookies played well in those two rookie games. Cates had a one goal, one assist on Saturday from a, uh, his brother on a, on the PK. They had a nice 2-1-1 where uh, Jackson fed Noah. So, I mean, there are definitely some storylines to keep to keep track of. But You had I mean, me crying with Wade Allison. You were like, what? maybe we should stop putting the 25-year-old in rookie games or some shit. Have you said that about Wade Allison? Yeah. I mean, You're like, maybe we should stop putting the 24-year-old in rookie <laughs> games. <laughs> I mean, like, why the fuck is Noah playing? Why the fuck is Noah Cage playing in the rookie game? Like, in all seriousness. He's just like a fucking grown-ass man, dude. He's like 24, 23, 24 yeah. years old. 
Like, he doesn't need to be playing in a rookie game, but, I mean, technically he is a rookie by the NHL standards or rules, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I mean, not much to, not, not else to talk about. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much everything, I think. Very disappointing news, but... Oh, terrible. The disappointment already happened. The big disappointment already happened in July, so this is really just salt in the wound that was already opened. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate you, bud. God, Chuck, again. <laughs> this guy, he skirts by again. I can't believe it. We are in the same <laughs> boat we were in last season, and he's he's just skirting along. But we're I in the same boat it. that we were in 2013. <laughs> I can't believe it. Without Giroux. If you would have told me, at, at the, like, last January... Like when I was pissed about this team, yo, nothing's gonna happen. Coots, Fairby, Ellis checked. <laughs> JVR still a flyer. Oh my Giroux, god. Drew gone at deadline for Tippett. Like, it's nightmare fuel, dude. So it really is. That's what I tweeted out a couple of days ago. I said if you would have told me years and years ago that when I was twenty three, Drew would be an Ottawa senator, I would have fucking punched you, dude. I've been like, what the fuck are you talking about? I know. That was something, like, people said all throughout his career that I always would be like, shut up. He's not going to Ottawa. And he went to fucking Ottawa. Like, the worst case scenario played out here. Like, this is the worst thing that could have happened. And it, it happened. And he's not, I mean, it's, I'm still not even, it's weird. It's still weird for me. It really is. Seeing him in that uniform, knowing that he's not going to be in that opening night lineup first game of the season. It's fucking still weird for me. So... People were like, stop talking about him. Like, no, he's one of the best players ever in this organization. So it's probably not going to happen. But we'll stop talking about him Dude, on a I, day-to-day I'll basis. I'll say this. The day we play Ottawa, I would fun. go right on FanDuel and bet him to get, like, a point or a goal or something. That's a lock. Definitely a goal, at least. I'm telling you right now, that's a straight lock. Definitely. And, hey, an emotional game, too, when he comes back into Philadelphia. I mean, like. Yeah, like that's gonna be crazy, man. No, it's gonna when he be. He comes in with a different uniform. Extremely emotional <laughs> video. I mean, I know we already had his like thousand game video tribute, but I'm sure there's gonna be an even cooler video tribute thank you thing. That that, yeah. that should be a game we probably should get out too. Together, I'm definitely with it. That'd be awesome. Because that that's I want I want to cheer them all one last time. Uh, I don't think I threw this out to you though. Drops. But Ristol, oh, definitely want to lay it out. Ristol Linen changed fifty-five. Uh, changed his number to fifty-five. I don't know if I told you about that, but wait, what? I thought it already was. No, Ristol was seventy last year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he's fifty-five again. So maybe that would give him some kind of powers to not step up <laughs> and take himself. I, I like play. it. I like it. All right, this is a good one. We'll be back next week for episode eighty-five. Getting up there. But this was good, especially the one. The one hundred special is going to be done this season, which is crazy to think point. about. This shitty season is going to have our one hundredth episode. Hopefully, it's like some sort of good news is happening, or like they're kind of good at that point. That'd be yeah, nice. just like shockingly good. It's like a game versus the Penguins. Just, just not up. like awful, like not top. I mean, bottom three in the league, bad. Please, at least. But we'll yeah, see. I just want to tune in. Have a good time and, and and know like they're gonna play hard because like like this comes back to what we were saying last season like there be times we tune in and you, you just don't know what kind of team you're gonna get like you, you could get the team that goes down three nothing off the start or you might get the the team that somehow starts well like very rarely but somehow starts well yeah. I just want to know what team I'm watching night in night out like I'm sitting down I'm like this guy's gonna play hard 
when this fourth line comes out, bodies are going to be flying. They're going to be trying to get energy. Like, I just know what to expect from my team, and I know my team, and I feel hopeful in my team, even if we're losing, if that makes sense. Uh, like, let's see how Torts gets these guys going. Like a game against Boston. Like, in the back of my head, I, I know we're probably going to lose this game. But watching the game, I want there to feel like there's a chance we win the game. Yeah, I know. And I want mean. that in, like, every game. Like you miss caring. <laughs> you miss not laughing at them. I mean, that's what I did all that last season. Yeah, exactly. I'm tired of fucking laughing at them. I feel like I've laughed at them 70% of the time I've been a fan of them. Seriously. Like, I, let's, dude, give me something to cheer for. Fuck. Please, anything, man. I'm, I'm, I'm begging. Forrest are making the team out of camp. Literally, York exploding. I don't care. Heart being a stud. I'm, I don't give a fuck. Something. Something. This was a good one, though. Episode 84, 85 next week. Follow us on all socials at the Liberty Yell, at TLY Danny on Twitter, at Chris Stumps on Twitter. Go floor.